Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wi-Fi Tribe Podcast. Today we're with Sam Wardman, my good friend, a member of the Wi-Fi Tribe. We're just going to get right into it because Sam tells you a little bit about herself, so I don't need to repeat it here. So, just hope you enjoy a good talk with a good, good person, my Aussie friend, Sam Wardman. Enjoy. Hey everybody, today we have a very special guest, Sam Wardman. Good day, mate. Hey. <laughs> Sam's from Australia, and what do you do? I have a, a digital marketing agency, which is fully remote. Yeah, and <laughs> interior design. <laughs> and I do interior design as well. Yeah, which is a little less. On the remote. side, just a bit of a passion project. Yeah, which is like remote, but you have to be there sometimes. Sometimes I have to be there for projects, but most of it we can do remotely. And even side inspections, like I, we just have a video call so okay. I can see what's happening with the building and talk to the builders. And That's cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. That's actually really cool because like, you'd think you'd need to be there for that. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the projects can run for months at a time and so the preliminary build of a project is probably where it's more just um, like establishing, you know, the requirements of our side of design um, that fits within whatever the building structure is. So it's more just sort of questioning and, and making sure everybody's on the same page, whereas as we get closer to launch a, a project, the full, full fit out, that's where we, we more need to be on site to check mm. finishes and lighting and things like that. How cool was your trip to look at the American bowling alley? Oh, yeah. So part of this project, which is a, uh, a bowling alley, American diner and a bar based in Australia in, in a tiny little what? East Coast town. How do they want that? Uh, well, I think it's quite appealing to Australians, American style of dining, you know, like, you know, butter, buttermilk fried chicken and sliders and, oh, you know, yeah. hot dogs and things like that. And, um, it kind of goes hand in hand with the, with the, with the uh, activity of bowling, I think. So, so yeah, part of this, the preliminary research for this project was to do a visit, uh, to the U S to Vegas in, specifically for the annual bowling convention so the client and i went to vegas and uh basically went to this this convention exhibition over two three days of just every supplier possible in the bowling uh industry throughout the world and uh met lots of people and had a bit of fun and then we continued the tour to a couple of specific bowling alleys we were really interested in from the design perspective because they were a little bit different to, you know, standard boring bowling alleys that I think probably everybody's got in their mind yeah. as to what they might look like. These were um, quite social places where, yes, there was bowling, but there was a lot of other activities involved. Um, just, just bowling. It's so fun. <laughs> bowling is really fun. Yeah. I mean, it is fun, but it's not yeah. something that you're going to do all the time. And I guess yeah. when we look at building a venue, we want to make sure that it's, A, 
accessible to all types of customers and b that there's a, a, a high frequency of returns so you know from a sales perspective we're getting you know um income that's that's sort of growing and and isn't stagnant into you know one visit a year to bowl or two visits a year mm. um that there's sort of other activities that are filtering in and supporting that um style of activity mm. so but yeah so going back to your original your main my line main of gig work. yeah yes and that's which just is, a side hustle <laughs> yeah which is really cool because uh it allows you to be fully remote and but you've been doing it for a long time right but you just started actually living remotely yeah so Digital nomading as some people call it yeah so i started uh i started being a marketing consultant um really working remote at that point as well just based on where i i live in australia um and that was about eight and a half years ago so i just did consulting to um particular style of uh casino clubs hospitality venues as an outsourced marketing manager. So I didn't, I wasn't on site, although I visited them, you know, once a month or something like that, all the work was conducted remote. So I've probably been doing it for almost the best part of nine years, but we then went into a full agency model where we offer um, other services outside of pure marketing consultancy. So uh, all of the branding and graphic design, uh, website design, digital marketing, uh, and now inbound marketing. And that was probably three years into um, being a consultant and having that kind of, I, I guess, sort of um, remote side of what I was doing. And now, I get over the last probably four years, we operated out of an office. Uh, but our structure of our c- company is quite different to maybe what people think an agency is when you're based in a city. So our agency is based in a regional area in Australia. Uh, and so most of our clients are outside of our region. So we probably have 40% of our clients based within the city that I live in and 60% based all over the state, sometimes interstate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's completely fine for us to work remotely um, for those clients and deliver whatever projects they need. Some clients we have overseas uh, and I've never met them other than on video. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on uh, how things are structured. But I kind of wanted to live uh, a, maybe a different lifestyle. I wasn't sure that, <laughs> that there were other people like me out there. Um, but, you know, this year's kind of proven I've met lots of different people that um, combine the love of travel and work remotely at you know, quite senior, high levels, even other business owners that are similar to me doing the same thing. So the end of last year, um, our lease was up for renewal on our office and I asked all the staff that worked for me, hey, do we all want to work remote? (laughs) And, uh, you know, work from your homes or wherever you want to work from, cafes, whatever, you know, travel like I wanted to do. Um, They all had to think about it. And came back and said, yeah, we want to give it a go. So Did they have to have a think about it or did they just... Well... I mean, I would have been like, I get, you uh, know, yeah. Yeah, but I think you, you or I are, are probably of the different ilk than most. Um, because, you know, I guess there's some, there are some challenges that come with working out of a home office or uh, on the road, as it might be. Yeah. Uh, and they wanted to think about those things. And, it, you know, um, my, the model of my agency is that the staff... Uh, every bit of part of it as 
me. It's their business too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really... great you ask them. It's just funny because it's like, yeah, to me, I'd be like, that's not a question. Because you can always go to a co-work space or you can set up your office, whatever. But then you have the freedom to not to. So getting out of an office is like the dream. Like all the people who go to the office every day and they're like, oh, I wish... I wish I wasn't here. And then their boss comes in and is like, hey, do you want to not be here anymore and still get, have your job? <laughs> It'd be like, yeah. Can you imagine? Like, yeah, I mean, that's I, basically it, what you did. It was 100% my dream to, to live a life like that. And that's what I've created. But uh, for them, I think they needed to kind of think about those things and, like, okay, what would this, what would a day at home look like? Um, and the reality is, is because a lot of our clients are based remote um, to where we are. There's not the expectation that we need to show up um, at an office or, you know, present things to them at certain times. So the work can be done at any time of the day. So even though I might be based in a different time zone uh, overseas somewhere, uh, the girls and and some of the guys might might also be based in different time zones, but they can do the work whenever they want. So for the ones that are based where we used to have an office, they might work late at night, early in the morning, mm-hmm. during the day. They might work a nine to four. They might work seven till 10 and then break from 10 until two. I mean, mm-hmm. I've always said I don't really care when they work as long as the client never gets disappointed. So that's the model we've taken into remote mm-hmm. and it works out really well because they can find that balance really easy in their life. Yeah, yeah that's really good because you can follow your like natural rhythms. Like for me, I work yeah. good like... Like eight at night is like the best time to work. Yeah. You know, and and like maybe like eleven till like I don't know, just like find these. If you if you can do it and stay disciplined, which is part of it, right? So I do get that if you're like, take that built-in discipline away from people, if they'd be like, can I handle this? Like, do I want to? It's it's way easier probably to just go into an office and be like, here's my set parameters. I show up at this time. I leave at this time. I'm in these walls. I work. I leave these walls. I don't. Like I do get yeah. that. But. I just couldn't imagine having that freedom dangled in front of my face and not jumping for it. Yeah, I, look, I definitely think there are a couple of um, roadblocks or challenges to working remotely. And, uh, you know, certainly self-motivation mm-hmm. is one um, and keeping you, you on track with your time as well. Mm-hmm. That's where systems can come into play really well. Like, you know, we use teamwork uh we often can chat through teamwork uh we can chat through slack if we want we don't really use it um and then we have uh zoom video so we all jump on and do our work in progress our whip calls each week um where everyone's given the opportunity to talk to whatever client the, the work that they're going on any any challenges any issues that sort of stuff um which keeps them on track better um, but again, I'm quite an, a um, hands-off uh, manager, so I let them kind of choose those own, their own times when they want to work. And again, all with that underlying um, reason, I guess, of never letting the the client down. So mm-hmm. it's work. I've been able to recruit the right staff yeah. in that space to for it to work well. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears a little bit. How much do you love Canada? I love Canada. It's such a beautiful country. The people are super friendly, have this funny little passive-aggressive streak to them as well. Uh, But, you know, it's an amazingly welcoming country and uh, 
I've been based here since the start of July, so almost three months. Um, and I, it's flown, the time's flown, but I really feel like it's a little bit of a home for me now. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely be sad to leave it in a few weeks to venture back to down under, but, uh, I'll, I'll be back here for sure. So it's actually where I'm based in Calgary has one of the best, I think, uh, city infrastructures to support remote working. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's easy to get around. There's amazing food bars, yeah. cafes, coffee houses, yeah. fantastic um, uh, co-working spaces that you can utilize. And then on top of that, they have some of the best outdoor uh, adventure spaces and, and scapes around the kind of, around a city that I've ever seen. Uh, so you can sort of be quickly on a, a bicycle path by Bow River or you know, cycling through some amazing, um, you know, greenery park within a few minutes from leaving yeah. your office, which is pretty amazing. So if you were to say, because you're not from here, you, you chose, even though I'm, I'm from here, and I'm not even the most, I'm definitely not the most Calgarian Calgary. I'm actually not at all. <laughs> it's least, least stereotypical. I don't play hockey. I don't like country music. I don't do anything with cowboy. I don't do anything to do with agriculture. Uh, I don't wear a cowboy hat, and I you know, just all those things. But it's still a great place. It's just a great city in general. And with the, for any, any members listening, there's a Make It Happen chapter in Calgary in July of 2020. Sam, not being from here, what would you say about joining that? Like this city for being here and for what you could do during that month especially? Well, I think, you know, having arrived on the 1st of July, it's Canada Day, it was amazing. But July in Calgary is, you know, the, the most exciting month of the whole year. Um, one of the, the biggest events on the worldwide calendar is held in Calgary each year. It's called uh, the Stampede. And that is an amazing 10-day event filled with, you know, uh, live music, uh, concerts, uh, carnival rides, carnival food, rodeos, uh, anything to do with country uh, music, um, country lifestyle, any of that. Uh, it's, it's literally uh, one of the biggest shows in the world and I, I would absolutely come to it every year. I think it's just so much fun. Uh, and then, you know, once that's kind of over, there's uh, Calgary itself in July is really quite beautiful. It's, uh, you know, pretty pretty good temperatures, mid-20s, um, weather's pretty good, sunny mostly, not too much rain, uh, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of things to do in the outdoors here, which I love. So uh, I think there's, there's heaps for people to do. Uh, Banff, the most amazing Canadian Rockies, um, beautiful landscapes you'll, you'll see uh, are less than an hour and a half away. Um, so, you know, there's, there's literally lots and lots and lots of things to do. Uh, what do you in think of Banff? Time. I loved Banff. <laughs> I'm not going to say what happened, but it was, it is a beautiful uh, little town, easy to get around, um, you know, a lot of fun things to do there. Yeah. Just don't go too crazy or you might miss out on all. <laughs> or you might miss out on the, the rest partying, of the night. Which, uh. I was definitely a victim of, but uh, <laughs> regardless, it's amazing during the day or night out there. 
Um, there's lots and lots of places to visit. And then the city itself is just, you know, a beautiful city to Cleanest walk city around. In the world. So clean. Ranked fifth most livable city in the world in the last, uh, the last whatever that was to come out. Vancouver was sixth. Toronto was seventh. Sydney and Melbourne were Sydney top and Melbourne five. Were two and three. Yeah. Uh, Osaka was seven. Vienna was one. Vienna's been number one for a few yeah, years. Yeah, well, it's, it's supposed to be a beautiful city. But that shows the kind of like caliber. I mean, obviously, Vancouver's a beautiful city. Vienna's a beautiful city. I'm sure Sydney and Melbourne are. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, for people who haven't been to Calgary, like if, if Canada as a country comes up in your mind for travel, Calgary's probably not the place that automatically comes to mind. It's yeah. probably Vancouver. Yeah. It's probably Although Banff. Banff. But Banff, like even if you go in the... I've seen it a lot of times in the airports in the States. Like a lot of them will say uh, the flight is to Calgary slash Banff. Yeah. Right? They kind of like put them together. Yeah. Like people know about Banff and then it's like you fly into Calgary to get to Banff. But it's like it's even listed. Even, the airport is the YYC Calgary airport. It's nothing to do with Banff. Yeah. But that's where that's what it's like for people to come visit. Yeah, it's, it's much more known. and It makes it nice that it's not known on the same level as Montreal or Vancouver because then you kind of get a experience kind of like how i love traveling to guyana where there's less people there they're they're tourists or less people that are there that know about it you get a much more authentic experience yeah and i, and I think, think yeah here it's like you really you'll get to know people you really get to have a great experience and even like stampede i don't particularly like the cowboy and the, the country and stuff but it's still the most fun 10 days because the whole city comes alive yeah and this... the transit runs 24 hours and everyone's just out enjoying themselves it's warm out and it's like if I have to hear some country music playing to have everyone in a great mood and, and out vibing and having fun, then sure, like fine. It's, yeah, and it literally this city comes alive for those two weeks. Like it's quite amazing to see and uh and it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'm not particularly into country either, but you know, I had fun putting a cowboy hat on and getting out there and and, uh, you know, going to see some live music and watching the rodeo and the chuck wagons and things like that. So there's there's a lot of firsts and a lot of fun in that. But then once, you know, that show's over, there's there's still an amazing city to discover and, you know, a lot of great places to go and uh, to work out of uh, or, you know, go and work out of one of those co-working places. There's The other thing I love about Calgary is there's so so much to do within that summer season they put on so many free events for people festivals oh, yeah because we got uh, three months of warm weather so we yeah. cram it all into three months absolutely so they really make the most of it so it there's there's a lot of things to do and i don't think you'll be disappointed if you come here all right switch again since you started working remotely and have had this freedom what has been the most fun little trips you've done with like would have been the best like weekend trips for lack of a better term even if they weren't on the weekend but like things you got to do where you know you worked from monday to friday or monday to thursday or you did a project but then like did that so you could go out to travel to make the most of this yeah. lifestyle, right like what are what have been the best ones you've been on so far uh well first off i mean i i i did the uh flyer dog common chapter with wi-fi tribe in april may may yeah, April, May, I think it was. Um, and there was, I think, you know, one of my first trips was uh, to the uh, sinkholes. What are they called again? The cenotes. Cenotes. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that was amazing. And that was um, like I mean, they're they're physically beautiful spots where you sort of swim in this amazing, you know, fresh water, and you know, often jumping off, um, you know, rock cliffs and all these sorts of things. But but it was more the significance of that weekend that really sticks in my mind because um, being an agency owner and having been a small business owner for you know the best of nine years you never really stop working you're always kind of on uh and so weekends kind of sometimes just blend into any other day uh particularly if you're on on deadlines or you you know you've got a lot of work on and so what I loved about um that experience was that I really got to enjoy my weekends you know it really was no laptops closed Mm -hmm. and I'm actually going to have those weekends so um the significance of that particular trip was pretty important for me to then adapt that mode in my mind of, okay, yeah, actually get back to having your weekends. Why aren't you having, having your weekends? And so, so that's kind of uh, helped me to, to build a better, um, I guess, work model than what I had in place for the last few years. But uh, second of that, I would probably say um, the trip to down to Belize. Yeah which is one of our last, actually the last weekend on that particular chapter. Uh, you know, Jordan, Jordan's favorite place. And so, you know, there was, I don't know, maybe 10, 10 of us, 12 of us, something like that. Yeah, there came was 12. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but just a fun experience from the moment we got on, yeah. you know, got on our little bus to get down to the border and, you know, crossing a Mexican border basically in the middle of the night is never a good idea. But Jesus, we had some fun. Um, <laughs> we did things and... that, that shouldn't be fun and we made it fun. Like staying yeah. in the worst accommodation you've probably ever stayed in because there was no There's one else no to other stay choice. in the whole town. And, no one died. Yeah, crossing the border. We're like, <laughs> losing track of people. Be like, oh, who's out next? And like cheering when each person got through. And, and like, I love that because those are the things that by yourself are boring. Yeah. I've crossed that border by myself like seven times at night. Yeah. And it's just mundane, whatever. But like, it was fun with a group of people because it was like, you know, a lot of people's first time into the country and just seeing how some people dealt with it and it was exciting and some people were a little scared. It was just, I loved it. It was so good. Yeah. And I think it's a, you know, it's not a destination to an Australian that we hear a lot about. Um, and so, you know, for me, it was pretty eye-opening to, to see you know, what it was all about and to go on that journey, um, you know, through the different islands we went to and, you know, just live that real, live that islander life. So that was, you know, that was a lot of fun, you know, barefoot and just just living a dream. Uh, and then I would have to say the, the last trip we went on in Canada, which was oh. uh, to the lakes out near BC, Shuswap yeah. Lake. That was a little um, mini Wi-Fi tribe trip and uh even though none of us were on the chapter that's what's kind of cool is how we you can kind of do those weekend trips or whatever even if you're not on a chapter right yeah if you're all in the same area you can meet up and do them it's pretty cool yeah and so that was fun so there was uh three of us that were doing that and uh you know that was just nice and relaxing and you know sitting in you know some of the most beautiful landscapes backdrops to your work I think ever is is yeah. pretty uh, I, calming and relaxing I found that kind of this is one thing I've not necessarily struggle with but it's been a bit of a I need to be very mindful of it that 
when I'm sitting there, because we're at this lake, it's just beautiful, and looking out, and all I wanted to do was go swim or go jump in or like go play, but I was like, I, I stayed disciplined, did my work. And I just have to remember that if I wasn't out here doing this work, I'd be in an office doing the work. So it's mm. tough sometimes to remember that like, you can't just go out and play. You need to be disciplined. But I remind myself that I'd trade that in and at least I had, I get that as my backdrop and at least I'm there. And when we finished, we got to go out on the paddle boards and, yeah. and go out in the water you know, only for an hour instead of the full eight hours of the day. But I would take that over not being out there in the first place, being in an office. But it's just, you really got to change your mindset a little bit to yeah. be conscious of that and know because it might, your first thought is just like, why am I not out there? Mm. Like, it's so easy to just be like, I'm just going to put it on my laptop and go have fun and like deal with that later <laughs> that I didn't do any work. Yeah. But you, but you, I don't it's, know, you, you be disciplined and you deal with it and then you get the best best of both worlds, right? Yeah, it's definitely a trade-off. And, you know, but I look at it in that if there's something, if say if I'm traveling and and, uh, and doing a remote work and I'm not based in Australia um, and there's something I don't want to miss out on and it's, it's during the day mm-hmm. where technically I should be online, uh, well, first off, no one's clocking my hours so mm-hmm. your remote work you make your own time schedule out of your 24 hours in a day let that be known um but i just trade it off you know i would just work that night mm-hmm. i i wouldn't miss it now and i think there's a lot of guilt that can come into play as a worker that has gone from a nine to five office position and now has control over when potentially all the hours that they work but how they do things and um, that sort of self-motivation as well. And I think um, you can easily fall into the habit of overworking Mm -hmm. to compensate the fact that you have this great lifestyle balance um, or the opposite where you can't get focused and you can't stay on track. So it it takes a little while to slink into that, uh, the right pattern for you and whatever works for the organization that you work for. Um, but yeah, once you find it, I think that is, that is the beauty of working remote is that you can literally do whatever you want and make your work fit around it. You can go to the gym at 11 o'clock in the morning. There's no need to now go before nine or go after five. If you don't want to, you fit your exercise Mm -hmm. in or whatever you want to do in around your schedule it's now your life that yeah. you're living you're not living based on this sort of stereotypical mm-hmm. nine to five work day yeah and it really goes into we had actually uh, one of the members joe di Victoro. i don't know how to say his last name well di Victoro, i think it was but yeah joe is a like sleep expert and he gave us all a skill share on that and showed the different the like lulls and the, the peaks in your day uh, where they are like typically for people and everyone differs a little bit but you know, making the most of those times. And like I said, for me, like an eight o'clock PM is like a peak. And like, mm. that's a good time to actually get writing done. Whereas like, you know, that, that 2 PM thing, a lot of people, that's like a lull point for them. Yeah. So it's good maybe to not force yourself when you're not being productive and like to know that about yourself. And then you can tailor your work around that or based on events, mm. right? Something fun going on during the day you don't want to miss. So you work later that night. Yeah. Or yeah, for me, I love going to the gym at like, I love getting something done first, like get mm. up, maybe write, you know, a good portion of an article or something 
and then so I've got something accomplished for the day, then go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Then I've done my workout and I've already done some stuff. I just feel like extra motivated. Yeah. As opposed to sometimes I get up and go to the gym early in the morning. After that, I'm like kind of physically spent and I feel like a little less motivated. Or if I wait till later, sometimes I am like mentally drained and don't want to go. And then it's mm -hmm. like the worst thing is when it's a hassle to go to the gym. Because it's hard yeah. enough to go every day yeah. on your own. Let alone when you're like fighting yourself to go. Yeah. So yeah, when you can make it the best time for you. It's like 11 is the best time for me. Why not tailor my work day around that? Yeah. And that's if you have the power. Similar to me. I'll get up first thing. Uh, always coffee and then straight into work. So, you know, always coffee. I, I, always coffee. Like, <laughs> you always do not want to see Sam without her coffee. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm usually two coffees in before my laptop's opened. Uh, and, and that usually I'm online by about uh, 7 38 a.m. And then I will usually work through till, till uh, 11, 11 30. And then I take off and I, I do the gym or, uh, uh, some form of exercise or go to yoga, which is usually a lunchtime class. So I'm usually not back online until like maybe 2, 2.30. Uh, and I find my lull is then. So quite often I'll just do some, you know, reading, article reading, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then I, I probably get uh, more motivated uh, as a ladder in the afternoon. And then after dinner, I usually work mm -hmm. for a few hours as well, probably till, till 10. Yeah. So. How about yeah. that uh, Guayusa? Oh, Does the Guayusa. So, Guayusa for work. everybody who doesn't know, there's this amazing new alternative to, to drinking 10 cups of coffee. Yeah. Guayusa. <laughs> uh, Made by Waisa Mama. Yes. You can only get it in Canada right now, but I'm sure soon you get it in the States. But yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's this ingredient that. Uh, it's a tea. A tea. It's a tea from the it's Amazon. A, yeah. But they sweeten it with monk fruit and a little bit of sugar. And there's a ton of caffeine in it, but there's it's also natural caffeine. It is also, um, uh, I forget what it, one of the amino acids. Uh, I forget which one it is though. Yeah. Theanine, theanine, I think. Thionine. Thionine, theanine. Yeah. And it, it helps you feel like calming. So you have like 150 milligrams of caffeine yet. It's like tapers you a little bit. So like it's if I drink good. two espressos, I'm like a bit jittery, but I drink one wise mama and I'm like feeling pretty, pretty focused. So we're hoping that word. that gets rolled out worldwide. Yeah. We for, want it. For, we want everyone to wanting natural that. caffeine highs rather than drinking yeah. all the cups of coffee. And it just it's perfect for working remotely. You know, it's kind of like yeah. you're all co-working together and you all bust out your wise mama and you're just like it's like a social drink except it's not alcohol. It's just some caffeine. Yeah, it's a know. lot of fun. That's been our last couple of weeks anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So hopefully you guys will get to experience that if you come on Calgary 2020 chapter. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Sam. I'm sure this is not the, the this is the first, but it will not be the only time you're on this podcast. Uh, but I reckon the next time we'll be in a different location. For sure. Perhaps South Africa. South Africa. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, thanks for coming on, and talk to you later, everyone out there. Enjoy your day. Take care.